0: I was completely naked.
1: He went, he acts like he went to the school of vaginas.
2: You are a piece of shit, Jason. We are back from the Baller life It's the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. My name is Brian Beckner. I'm the host. Thank you very much for joining us. Episode number three fifteen. We've been doing a lot lately, so I get kind of confused, and so I really messed up on three eleven. Sorry. Uh, I believe we're on number 315 right now, though. Uh, Thank you for joining the show. As always, we appreciate your participation. Uh, If you would like to reach out, please do so via the email address, mailbag at theballerlifestyle.com. You can also send us a voicemail, 949-464-TBLS. There's no sports on. I think this is the first time since we've been doing the show, that I've set up my studio with a with a TV in view, and this is actually a bad idea because I'm watching game four of the 1988 NLCS. Dwight Gooden is doing work. Oh, Jeff Hamilton ends the rally. Um... So I'm distracted I'm no, gonna turn th-
1: that, that, was, that was a common thing if Jeff Hamilton killed, killed it, Rowley I then. mean
2: Hamilton Hamilton would often I mean they, they ended up He was supposed to be the starter But they ended up platooning him with old Tracy Woodson Because Hamilton was just not He was not your guy uh, That voice you just heard is Our special guest Jason Stewart And we're also joined of course By the co-host of the show He's here every week Ed Daly What's up guys?
3: might I point out that was a little inside baseball guys
2: yeah yeah that was the definition of inside baseball right there
3: Uh, but because I remember the 88 series to a point um especially ex-Oriol John T-Bone Shelby that's right but center fielder but at the same time I don't remember I don't remember those guys at all like, I remember doesn't, watching it, but those those guys are irrelevant in the grand scheme of baseball. That's
1: he, very wait a dumb. minute, hold on a sec. Are he, you kidding me? I, who listening doesn't know that uh Ron Say was the first of the Dodger infield to to break out, right? The longest lasting infield of all time. Yeah, but he wasn't the on the this none of those Ron guys Say were on the eighty eight team. Oh. Well, I'm getting I'm getting around to oh, this. Okay, yeah. Ron
3: Say had no Ron, legs, right?
1: Ron Say was the first the to leave. And Jeff Hamilton was the guy. He was supposed to be the guy. The the next guy in line at third base. And he he was awful.
2: And the Dodgers did not have a third baseman. They tried Bill Madlock. They did. They had all sorts of different guys. Who's the other guy? Bill, Bill Miller? Mueller? They had so many different third basemen until they finally got Beltre. And he had one good year and then left. And then they never had another third baseman until Justin Turner.
3: True. Um, I am watching at the same time. I am watching the Cal Ripken record-breaking game, and mm. at least, at least, there. This is the days of ESPN with the score and count up there. But all this classic sports, I was watching some old like NCAA tournament. The game where NC State won it. They don't put the they. They just kind of let you know the score yeah. every six minutes. Yeah. It's maddening yeah. watching these old games. Are. In fury.
1: Yeah, it's. Kind of- I, re- I remember. I remember back when it happened. When um when Fox, I think, first did it, put the bubble up up, yeah. up upper left. Uh, old late Chet Forty, who was on the uh, the loose cannons out here, um, before Hacksaw and before Rome. R I P. They um. Chet Forty had said like with indignation at some point, cause he used to be the director of Monday night football. He's like that. That's going to be the ruining of, of, of sports. If them giving away the score, that means people could, people could tune in, see the score and then tune out because they know the score.
2: Yeah. It's amazing. And that is what happened, right? I mean, it's nobody watches sports. We're talking about,
3: you know, the NC state championship, the, that was when the guy chucked up the air ball and Ezard Charles dunks it as time expires. Yep. And they don't let you know, they let you know it like a minute and a half and then gameplay goes the on. And you have no <laughs> oh, idea. That's insane. You have no idea. Like, they don't even tell you the shot clock. They're like, it's, it's getting, they're almost running out of time. You're like, ah, but how much time is there? Seven seconds. Is there four seconds? You don't know. It's S- insane.
2: Somebody should mention this phenomenon to Charlie Steiner who does the Dodger games on the radio because he he's apparently not aware that things like the score and I don't know the count and how many guys are on base and maybe even like the number of outs would be important to somebody that can't see what's happening on TV because all of those things are things that he somehow rarely mentions, despite the fact that we cannot see what he sees.
3: <laughs> um, so to take it away from, from sports and sports announcers, I have to say RIP to the great Bill Withers.
2: Oh, big fan. Big huge fan. Huge fan. I'll be great. honest. I'll be honest. While I, yeah, while I love the music of Bill Withers and it's like, you know, you never, you never turn off a Bill Withers song. I didn't know he was still alive. I'll be honest. So I was sad to see him go, but I, you, if you had told me, if you, I think, I think he
3: just died, died. Yeah. I think it was some heart issues. Um, I will say if there's any, yeah, he was like 82. Mm -hmm. If there's anything that maybe people don't know about his like main songs, he did a cover of Everybody's Talking, the Harry Nielsen song. That's the best cover I've ever heard. And of, he made it better.
2: One of the great songwriters of all great. time, with one of uh, the, the smoothest vocalists of all time.
3: That
1: isn't a bad game. Who's the most famous person that has died due to CV?
2: That's um, morbid. Very morbid. I don't. I. I'll be honest. I haven't I have paid a close feeling attention. Next week's
3: show's going to have more names, right? Um, um, but
1: the. But but there was one guy, and he was like an old uh, singer-songwriter.
2: Oh, he oh. died of coronavirus.
3: People, I mean, this is, look. Oh. I
2: mean, John, John Prine. About John Prine has not died?
3: Yeah, no, he, got, he
1: got coronavirus. He's not well, he dead. Got
3: coronavirus, but he didn't, he's not he didn't dead, die, Jason. But I honestly had never heard of him. And John only- Prine? These people were talking about. Well, yeah, I just never
2: heard of him. Oh, I love John Bryan.
3: Never heard of him. Yeah, and then uh, the the guy who did the Stacy's Mom song. Everybody loved yes. him. Yes, I didn't. Adam Schlesinger. Song.
2: Fountains of Wayne. They're from New Jersey. He
3: was like a behind the scenes. I mean, okay. So is Bon Jovi. I'm not That's listening to right. him. Right. Um. But but it seemed like he was the greatest guy, and everybody loved him. But I I just didn't know. I. I I don't know. Music, you get into like a a lane and you don't really pay attention. I don't, I recognize that country music is a thing, but I don't know shit about country or certain pop things. I just don't know. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it's sad. And the numbers are going to pile up.
1: Yeah. I felt Um, the same way watching, um, I felt the same way watching what's R Kelly, the R Kelly documentary. Um, I didn't know how like extremely popular he was, In the in the the hip hop or, or like R and B community, I I knew nothing of R Kelly until that one song they did that was pretty catchy in like nineteen ninety nine, uh, ignition or something like that. And yeah. then he did that Damn. that Michael that Michael yeah, Jordan song trapped
2: from in the, the movie. closet. That's the one. He made a hundred million dollars off that song. I believe I can fly.
3: Terrible song. Yeah, but, but uh, the yeah. ignition remix is a good song. Um, but I, oh, hold, on.
2: hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Breaking news. Daryl Strawberry and Kevin McReynolds just went back to back off John Tudor.
3: Uh-huh. I
1: thought you were going to say Strawberry died to COVID. Yeah.
2: Also, yeah. also breaking news, Daryl Strawberry was number 18 when he was on the Mets. What a weird number. No clue. Yeah. No clue. Uh, okay, continue. COVID, as you're saying, I, yeah.
3: I just read Hulk Hogan um, has a, uh, a pretty good t- uh, take on. Uh, on what to do. <laughs> oh, no.
2: Oh, no. Oh, no.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, it's it's... Pr- say your prayers and eat your vitamins?
3: <laughs> it's not... It's not too different from that. Oh, oh wait a second. Um, I am
2: a real American. No?
3: Um, he said... Uh, yeah, in just... In three short months, just like he, you know, capital H, he... Just like he did with the plagues of Egypt. God has taken away everything we worship. You want to worship <laughs> actors? I will shut down theaters. Now, he doesn't say brother, but he would definitely say brother there. I will shut down theaters, brother. You want to worship money? I will shut down the economy and collapse the stock market. You want to go to church and oh worship me? Oh I will God. make it where you can't go to church. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great, buddy. Isn't
2: that like he's famous, though? He's talking about himself. People worshipped him in the 80s. I
3: don't Uh, think he really understands what's going on.
2: Another breaking news. No major league. You take any major league baseball player from 1988 and you just pick them up at their very fucking peak and you bring them to modern major league baseball and not one of them could make a fucking team. I I challenge anybody to that.
3: Babe Ruth's upside. I mean, you're talking and, 88, but yeah. Babe Ruth's upside is like maybe he's Jack Cuss. Yeah, yeah. Like he can. Yeah, like he's Matt Stairs. That.
2: He's Matt Stairs. He could. He yes, could come off Matt the bench Stairs. and and run into one. Like he, there's a good chance he'll run into one coming off the bench. But fucking starting lineup, get the fuck out of here.
3: Get out of here.
2: There's not. There's not a single fucking guy other than maybe Kirk Gibson and Daryl Strawberry in this game that I would call an athlete. And and compared and, to today's guys, it's not even close.
3: And speaking of Major League Baseball, they're floating that plan of everybody living in a utopia in Arizona. So yeah. on the first night, five guys on every roster are going to get a hooker. And <laughs> everybody in Major League Baseball will have. I mean, do, do they really think these guys are just going to, like, totally quarantine they're, and just play for the love of the game they're, like they're living in a cornfield in Iowa? No, that's not how it works. Here's
2: the thing. They're not super... Intelligent guys,
3: typically, but also they're they're implying that these guys are baseball robots. So the guys that have like families that have like six month year old, they're gonna be like, yeah, you know what? I'm just gonna play baseball and, and say goodbye yeah. to everything. Yeah. Even even if they're quality family men, they're gonna be like, fuck this. I'm not I'm not just staying in like this baseball utopia. Um,
2: Kevin Elster from golden West college is at bat right now. Did he, Jason, didn't he, um, is not wasn't he known to bag chicks from the stands in the clubhouse during the game?
1: Yeah, that that was his legend. He he was a rookie rookie on the 86 team. And I guess he used to, uh, solicit girls during the game down to the
3: clubhouse. Every, every girl in my grade, you know, growing up in New Jersey, like had the Kevin Elster poster in their locker. Mm. I think think my wife did like he was, he was the guy.
2: Also these Mets pullover jerseys are fucking classic. They, we need to get back to that. Look, I love it. Uh, Okay. Let's do, let's, by the the way, guys, did
1: you see what Hey, uh, Ed, were you referring to something? Cause, uh, Kyle Walker, the soccer star, did you see that story?
3: Oh yes, that's right. I, I didn't even think about it, but yes, they would do what he did.
1: He went on social media. Man City uh, guy. So quarantine yourself, behave, social distance, and then uh, the next day he was caught with a prostitute as sex. <laughs> no, party. no,
3: no! Not a prostitute. Two <laughs> prostitutes. Prostitute well, it's, it's two prostitutes well
2: Two is more than one. I mean, uh, okay. Let's let's uh, let's do a quick voicemail, a couple quick emails, and then we will get to the topic at hand.
4: so fucking boring and worthless, but he's got nothing else to do. And he's even worse than ish, 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 ish. His thoughts are useless, shit, 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 shit. He's fat and got big tits, 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 tit, tits. He's Manuel in Gardenia.
2: Ooh. We actually do have a voicemail from Manuel. Let's see what Manuel's up to this week.
4: What? Easy Edward, it's your boy, Manuel from Gardena, A. So check it out, man. It's uh, March.
2: Um, Jason Stewart, can you explain to me in under four seconds the Manuel and Gardena Matt in L.A.? What is that? Do I want to know? No, never mind. Don't explain it.
4: (laughs) Right, right. Thanks. Easy Edward, it's your boy, Manuel from Gardena, A. So check it out, man. It's uh, March 30th right now, all right? I'm blessed or cursed, depending on how you look at it, to be one of the ones that will be working for the duration of this time. Hey,
2: Manuel, no bullshit, man. You're a plumber. I had a fucking clogged up sink a couple weeks ago. I plunged that motherfucker. I live on uh, upstairs. I, I plunged that motherfucker. I, it was fucking clogged. I didn't do anything. I didn't put anything down the drain. Don't blame me. And I needed a fucking plumber to come out and snake that bitch. And you know what? I was fucking thankful that he did. And anybody that's out there working right now, I appreciate what you're doing. Keep yourself safe. You got to do your thing, and we love you for it, okay?
3: Yeah, yeah. Appreciate anybody who yeah, works I, at a supermarket, whatever. Absolutely. You got to be out there. You, we, you're we, you helping the world run right now.
2: Especially the honeys at my local Whole Foods. I appreciate them the most.
3: And by the way, um, yeah. we...
1: We are practicing social distancing right now. I'm in Los Angeles. Uh, Beckner is down in Orange County, and Ed's in New Jersey. So we we're changing format to show everybody that we're for the cause too. That's
3: um, right. We'd be in the same room
1: normally. We're, yeah, yeah. We're usually on the same stage.
2: Um, no, we never are actually. <laughs>
3: never. never met Brian.
2: You, you know who was? You know who was? You know who was really not handsome and sucked in 1988 and would never never even probably get out of double a these days mike marshall that's who uh okay yeah. let's let's let us uh, yeah, well you know
1: what? <laughs> what just a part of a dodger lore uh if you t- the, if you uh,
2: talk about him dating one of the go-go's i'm gonna hang up on you
1: oh no he and steve sacks used to run rapid rampants through the usc dormitory we know that steve
2: sacks massive
1: what? hog but I will say this
2: Huge um, dick That's the rumor
1: The Dodgers had the longest lasting infield In the history of baseball
2: uh, Again with this and What, what Steve, is
1: going Steve, on Steve Garvey Steve Garvey said goodbye And you know who the heir apparent to Steve Garvey was Greg Brock
3: Mike Marshall
2: No Mike Marshall played right field okay,
3: this, is, this is like inside Dodgers Nobody gives a shit <laughs> Uh, the only people that they know oh, are Steve Sachs, Oral Herseyer, big dick, big and ass dick. Gibson. And uh, Gibson.
2: That's uh, it. Davy Lopes left first, though. Before Garv, before Garv went down south, took the uh, took Steve the five freeway down to and the. Who, who was
1: Lopes's, uh heir apparent? Sexy,
2: rookie of
4: the year. That's Steve right. Sachs. That's right. Okay,
2: uh, Manuel. Seriously,
4: especially one crack. All you Californians, especially in L.A. and O.C. respectively, where I find myself doing, you know, my work and having to travel around, here's a little reminder for you, a oh. We don't travel on the Autobahn, all right? Uh, it's,
2: Manuel it's always has, with, it's with ma- the transportation. Ma- many, with many, many issues with traffic. And I will say this. this The one benefit of a pandemic is oh my god! It is, it's like a world I've never seen in my life out there. It's amazing, Jason Stewart. Back me up. You, there's nobody on the freeway ever. It's beautiful. You can like right, go it places.
1: It's pretty surreal, and and the the funny thing is that you can go places, but there's nowhere to you go. Can't go anywhere? Yeah, you can't go anywhere. Yeah, that's that's the right. irony of it. I know. Whole thing. It's unbe- unbelievable. And Trump keeps telling us how much we're saving on gas. I've driven like a hundred yards in the last three weeks. That's
3: true. uh, I I do need to add, Hogan actually added an important detail. Oh,
2: thank God. Is this like a thread?
3: He said that the 1.5 million uh, people infected with the deadly virus don't need a vaccine. They just need some Jesus in their lives.
2: That's true. That would help. That always helps.
3: Uh, If Jesus has a vaccine That would be really important
2: Breaking news John Shelby really wore Doc Gooden out in his career 353 lifetime Against him including Two hits in this game so far Let's let's
4: get back to Manuel Regularly going 70 to 75 miles an hour And see these ass wipes Literally blowing past me Gotta be pushing a hundo Guys you're going to kill someone. First off, you guys can't drive that good as it is. All right? Trust me. I see it firsthand. All right? So how about you guys pull your head out of your ass and just oh, drive yeah. responsibly? Mm-hmm.
0: I know. Man, none well, of us want to be cool right now.
4: Mm-hmm. None of us like the fact that there's no sports, yeah. there's no mall, okay. none of that kind of stuff. We get it. However, Man, stop well, driving like an speed. asshole.
2: okay I get where Manuel's coming from but Manuel's driving one of these slow ass big white plumbing vans and there's a real there's a real simple solution to this and it's it's been it's it's been lost in the annals of time because once no one follows the rules there ceases to be rules but if you got a slow ass white van plumbing van you keep it over there in the right lane You stay to the right. And when Jason Stewart comes up on you in his Acura legend going 95 miles an hour, he's going to be in the left-hand lane. On the far left, that's where the fast cars go. Fast cars to the left, slow cars to the right. And you know what? If you're in one of the faster lanes and you're going, hey, I'm going pretty fast. And you see somebody coming up behind you and you go, oh, they're going faster than me. Here's what you do. You turn on that turn signal and you move over one lane to the right and you let him go right by you on the left. This is how driving works. This is the rules of the road. Follow the rules.
3: You have to have rules. Yeah,
2: you got to have rules. Hey, thanks for that, Manuel. Appreciate you calling in. Couple emails, I haven't checked the email in a while. Jay, Stu, you probably didn't listen, but last week I think it was last week. All the days run together. Last week, Ed and I were joined by a mutual friend of ours, Travis Rogers, to discuss the 1980 golf club classic Caddyshack and some reaction I, to that. Uh, I was completely unaware of this. Yeah, you should listen to it. Gentlemen. Here's a good explanation of the final bet of Caddyshack that still isn't worth the time to read it. Oh, he just sent me a link. More importantly, oh, <laughs> more importantly, who is a louder comer, Judge Smales or Tony oh. D'Annunzio? Who's that? Jason, I'll go to you first. Judge Smalls or D'Annunzio. Oh, you're well. You're, you're going off the board. You're making a three man race for the not sure loudest that comer. He would be
3: one, but I thought he was going to say Smales or his rival in the movie Al Cervic. Al Servic, because they're. I mean, everybody's loud, but yeah. Uh, okay, I, I'll go. I, any of those three? Let's let's go, Jason. What do you got?
1: I, I think the obvious one is, is Smalls, yeah. but I will say, um, just because he's, he's so, um, understated and soft-spoken, maybe Denunzio is the loudest comer of them all.
2: Interesting. Interesting. Um, I'm going to go off the board as well. I like Porterhouse Porterhouse is a, he's a chill dude, but he works hard. And when it's time to unwind, I feel like Porterhouse lets his freak flag fly. He is the loudest comer of the group, in my opinion.
3: I can support a Porterhouse uh, decision, but I would say that Smales gives you that rage because he's not letting it go. He's real repressed and everything is very businesslike until – he misses. He shanks the putt, and then he goes nuts. Yeah. So yeah, if, uh, of those guys, and I think Denuncio, he, he, he's pretty in control. It, I don't see him being theatrical. I see uh, uh, Cervic being like, yeah, oh yeah, hey, he does a one liner. You know,
2: like, yeah. You haven't. I haven't had an ejaculation like that no. since. No. Um. And also Smiles, I don't feel like he was doing a lot of work. Let's not forget. Mrs. Smales, when she wanted her stretch marks loofed, and she yeah, and she saw she that it was Danny. it was Danny in the bathroom, she was pretty excited. I don't feel like Smales was taking care of much business. He was down at the club. He was getting his shoes the the wax buildup on his shoes polished. Um, I don't I don't think he was he was just really into sex at all. I don't I don't get a sexy vibe from Judge Smales at all. Thank you for that. That's from our friend <coughs> Toe Cutter. He says outro toe cutter. Hashtag <coughs> team loudcomer. Toe cutter, admittedly.
3: Toe cutter a, a a loud, friend of
2: mine. Yeah, a buddy of yours. Admittedly, a loudcomer himself.
3: <laughs> toe cutter actually, hang Man. on a second. What? Toe cutter and I once hung around the same caddy shack. We wore caddies together.
2: Uh oh, really? Yes, unbelievable we at
3: the same time,
2: wow, um, fascinating, okay. This next email looks really long. this i this better be worth it. Ballers things have definitely been different as of late, such as there was no episode three eleven yes, there was there were two episodes <laughs> no there were two episodes late labeled three twelve that's not true. On three eleven, I just I just misspoke at the beginning of the episode. I said this is episode three eleven. Wow, Alfredo Griffin just working the unbelievable mustache back in nineteen eighty eight. I just misspoke and I said three twelve. But when I actually produced and posted the label or the the uh, episode to the internet. I labeled it correctly. Three eleven. There was three eleven, and then there was three twelve. We just didn't celebrate the band three eleven on if episode three eleven because they're a horrible right. band.
3: If he wants to pay it proper respect, just leave. You you have like a one minute voicemail. We'll let you go.
2: Yeah, come. Yeah, give, give us give us your best three eleven takes. Um, telly two putts hasn't bragged about sexing cougars, but yeah, because we're we're. I'm in lockdown here,
3: You better not. Yeah,
2: all the this food could be in d- infected. Territory. Yes, infected with COVID and other things. All this seemed not real to me. My mind changed quickly when I heard a five billion dollar franchise just shut it down immediately. Yes, fast and furious shut down prediction, production before it ever started. Then the stock market fell. I immediately thought the F&F franchise is probably just rewriting their 20-page script to add a pandemic to the storyline <laughs> to make the franchise more believable than it already is.
3: Family. Family. We've <laughs> got to keep our distance.
2: My second thought was the supplement company that supplies the franchise employees was about to take a big hit. They were probably about to send container ships full of protein powder and pre-workout sups to the set. Supplements are the leading cover for steroid use. I found the supplement company they use, and they were publicly traded. The stock was so low. The stock was low, so I bought several shares in protein powder and less in pre-workout. Most pe- <laughs> most people drink. What is happening? I love it. Most people drink lots of protein because they do not know how to properly diet and just water down the pre-workout since they are jacked on the juice. You know, after a delay, the Fast and Furious franchise will come back stronger than ever and the stock will skyrocket. It will be huge. Can you think of any other possible markets that the Fast and Furious franchise may affect? I would like to try and tap a pinhole leak into the $5 billion organization. One other thought. The healthcare organizations say that about 38% of people wash their hands after using the restroom. Does this mean that 62% of people are Fast and Furious franchise fans? (laughs) Be aware and stay safe out there. Both of you are close to the shit that is signed. Baller Lifestyle Fan Number One and is immediately... By far the best email we've ever had to the show. Uh, I love that guy. Okay. One one more email. Brian and Ed, while in Thailand a few years back, I... (laughs) I, That's not why I'm laughing. While in Thailand a few years back, I actually paid to get in a cage with some tiger cubs. About 35 bucks. I was fairly certain they couldn't rip my face off at that age. What is the most sketchy thing you both have done that you can talk about? That's from Dean, 311 super fan. Uh, I don't I, I don't know. Ed, you've definitely done something sketchy also in Thailand.
3: Yeah, I would say probably. Going to that that one night, I went out with an Australian dude in Thailand yep. and we did a bunch of different things, yep. including going to the soapy massage place. And I remember thinking at one point I was I was completely naked and oh, uh, thinking geez. somebody could come in here. Someone could come in here and murder me and nobody's going to notice. Like, yeah. it'll yeah. take months for for anybody to figure out what happened to me. Yeah. But um, and also later that night, the Australian guy handed me a fistful of ecstasy pills, and I was thinking, once again, I am looking at a Midnight Express situation. I yeah. need to get out of here because <laughs> I've seen like ripoffs of Midnight Express when you get caught with drugs, and like, no, I handed the the pills back to him. I had that moment of clarity. I was like, I gotta get the fuck out of here right now.
2: Um. Yeah, that is that is definitely very very sketchy. I think you also like got um chased down the street by like the military in Australia. Wasn't weren't you like caught in a riot?
3: Oh no, no um no, not in Australia. In, in Argentina, uh, I mean. In Argentina in Buenos Aires, um I was headed home by myself and they said, "Hey, you want a free drink?" I was like, okay, And I went in and it was a whorehouse and I didn't realize I had bought the hookers like three very expensive drinks. And I ran and I just ran out of there and uh, ran into the hotel lobby where my wife was there. Michelle was there with like some business people and she sees her husband sprinted to the lobby. Um, So, yes, also sketchy. I, I had a couple of brushes.
2: I don't, you know, I don't have like real, I guess I've gotten into some sketchy situations. I don't, I don't know. My life is so mundane. It's really, there's really nothing that exciting to report. How about you, Jason? You're still here, right? I remember once um, in college. You and nine uh, other guys went to one guy's dorm.
1: Yeah, that was kind of sketchy, but right Right around that time, um, I had... Uh, we were playing video games and I really didn't want to get up and go to the bathroom. So I just oh. kind of held it. Oh. And then I tried to, I tried to let out a little gas oh, no. oh, and no. completely oh, and then completely shit my underwear. Oh, and I had, to, yeah, as, I had to,
3: as grandma I, says, yeah. never trust a fart after six beers. Oh,
1: yeah. So, um, oh, no. So if if I was too lazy to get up to go to the bathroom, I was sure as I was too lazy to throw my underwear in the garbage or or dispose of it somehow. So I opened my, I opened my third third floor window and I tossed it out the window. Oh my God. So, uh, so two days later, I get a call to the manager's (laughs) office and and me and my roommate and, uh, and the, and the, and the manager's and the manager says that, uh, the, uh, the room right below yours has <laughs> hanging on a branch no, <laughs> right no, in front no, of their no, window. No, 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 no. no. His, no. His dirty underwear. No,
2: yeah. no, Jason. This is not that kind of show, buddy. This is not that kind of show. Great. Unbelievable. Okay. Thank you to all the, the voicemailers, emailers. Again, reach out if you'd like. Mailbag at com or call us. 949-464-T-B-L-S. Okay, guys. Big week this week. We're talking a little over the top. The 1987 classic. I'm trying to get the song to play. Not... Not Meet Me Halfway, but the Hagar one.
3: This I mean the the this might be the worst soundtrack in the history of soundtracks.
2: It's really bad. Why isn't it playing?
3: Like, even just the background music is terrible.
2: No, it's horrible. Yeah,
1: it was like it was you know it was like over the top for 80s standards. Like you you you'd hear the score and you're like something is going on that i'm not seeing on the movie like what is why is the music inconsistently <laughs> right. dramatic yeah
2: yes
3: right it like reaches a crescendo and you're like what he's he just shifted into like a different gear what what's happening
1: it <laughs> is the you're whole, playing, the whole so you're playing you're, you're trying to play the Hagar mo- the song
2: yeah i'm trying to play nothing's playing from my
1: Cause I had a whole riff on Loggins' song. The uh, oh, we got that Meet too. me halfway.
3: We got that too. And we and we were just talking about Loggins for one of the movies we did recently. I mean, he owned soundtracks. I didn't well, even he, count.
2: Them. I forgot. I forgotten He was on the soundtrack.
3: Oh, because oh, Candy Shack, and we were saying, oh, he's on. Yeah, John, I'm all right. Footloose, yeah, and Footloose, and like, yeah, he's on this. He was everywhere.
1: Well, what, what he did do was, um, so he had, you know, Footloose was his big one. He also had, I'm free on that soundtrack, which is a big one. He had me, we halfway here. He had playing with the boys on oh, top yeah. gun along oh, with yeah. danger zone. Yeah. Yeah, I did. And then he did a song for Caddyshack Two, oh, the that awful movie. sequel. Yep. And it's called nobody's fool. And, um, it says it got an Oscar nomination Hold on a second That, that can't be right what? I think I'm reading the wrong one I'm reading for um, For the movie One Fine Day He got an Oscar nomination But Caddyshack 2 He
3: had the uh, theme song Yeah, the guy did One Fine Day Was that the George Clooney uh, What's it, Pfeiffer movie?
1: Pfeiffer Pfeiffer and uh, I didn't know He was Oscar nominated Kenny
2: Loggins They did um, He did a lot of tracks But this jam I mean, this was a hit
3: this is the worst.
2: It's a, it's horrible.
0: In a lifetime,
2: made
0: a memory, S-
2: suggestion Do not, under any circumstance, do a Google image search of modern day Kenny Loggins.
3: Oh, my God. Whew. To get in time, when I've got the future.
2: Kind of a jam. Here comes a course. Me I mean, the dude could write a song. Uh, of course, we're talking about over the top the 1987. Sylvester Stallone Vehicle. The R the, uh, the homage. The ode <laughs> to arm wrestling. To the to the, arm the world of professional arm wrestling. It's a 1987 American sports drama starring Sylvester, not starring, and also written by Sylvester Stallone. Uh, Oh, he wrote it. Of course. I was wondering why you could
3: choose this movie.
2: Yeah. Um, Lincoln Hawk, played by Stallone, is a long-haul truck driver who tries to win back his alienated son. We'll get into that more. Michael, while becoming a champion, arm wrestler, over the top, came out in 1987. Like I said, let's look at the—I always like to know the budget— of these movies and how much money they made let's see if we can find that
1: uh, let's, let's just put it this way let, yeah. let, just by comparative uh as you're looking up how much this did gross domestically comparing it to uh rambo which he came off yeah. of a couple years before and then rocky 4 each of them grossed over 150 million Domestic, which yeah. for, for the mid '80s was a massive amount of money. Yeah, have you found? Have you found the domestic gross? So this one? I'll
2: just tell you what do you? Take, I'll take your guys' guesses on the budget for this movie.
3: <laughs> I mean, I understand things cost more than you think in the movie business. Yep, but it's got to be south of ten. There's there's nothing it, happening. There here. only there was it's only be like eight million dollars. There
2: was only the one um, special, not special effect, but like the big. Where they crash the truck through the
3: through the gates? Right. Well, that's it.
2: Yeah, that's it. As far as big budget looking stuff in there, not a lot of locations either. So you're saying under five million? <laughs> like uh, diners. Un- but you gotta, I'm going to say eight million. He was the biggest, say eight, million. eight million, but Sylvester was the biggest star in the world. So okay. So right.
3: back then, so back then, does he command 10000000 I would say he'd
2: get. I'd say he'd get ten million. All
3: right. So I'll say eighteen million. Eighteen
2: million. Jason Stewart your best guess what was the budget for yeah, the, the 1987 the arm wrestling movie i'm okay i'm not asking the gross because that's the name and also don't look this stuff up first
1: i'm just saying that I, I i have the prism of knowing the gross so i'm going to um make my guess with okay that okay information use that information and I will say seven and a half million dollars
2: seven and a half million dollar budget. budget yep price is right rules ed daily is closer the budget to this movie was 25 million dollars i assume oh. mostly for body oil it's
3: just sly right
2: yeah right. for sly. sly he got all
3: this think he, of all the other i mean robert loggia may maybe made 500 for this yes. but everyone
2: else was a nobody yeah there was no name actors in it i'm assuming like all the all the um arm wrestler guys were like professional wrestlers or something i didn't recognize anybody um yeah this the gross as as jason well, stewart's already cheated on
3: arm wrestlers also mean like stock boy at, right. at the supermarket right. like it's no. not like that's a real career no they like work at right.
2: gyms they're like trainers and you know the guys that work at gyms or 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 bouncers
3: That's more likely because trainers at the gym have to know something. Yeah. Yeah. Bouncers just have to be big and intimidating.
2: So Jason Stewart already knows how much money this movie (laughs) made. So I'll put it out to you, Ed Daly. Ed, what do you think was the cumulative worldwide gross well, it's got, and they might be a little off because they have the same number for the USA. It might not have gotten wide worldwide release, is the thing. So, just the gross of the movie. How, do, how much do you think this movie made it?
3: What did you say it would cost? <clears throat> 24? 25. 25. I mean, this had to lose money. But, well, maybe not just because he was coming off a real run. I mean, this was his apex right around here before this movie hit. So, I'm going to say it made 20 20 about 25 it it Mm -hmm. was like a break even even just because this this was the first time you realized Mm -hmm. Sly was garbage
2: you would be wrong this movie was an unbelievable bomb 16 million dollar gross on a 25 million dollar budget just it was absolutely tanked um, I mean, compared to what, what he was doing at that time.
1: I mean, I think he had, he had just made Cobra, which was an awful movie.
2: Marion um, Cobretti. No,
3: I thought this was the movie. I thought this was the movie after uh, Rocky four and th- Rambo. No, I think this one's pretty much so. No, this it was around that time. No, I th- so that 16 million was all the first weekend.
2: Yeah. No first oh, weekend, yeah. 5 million. So it was a, it was uh-huh. a big flop. Um, I, I believe this came out just before Rocky four. Cause Rocky four was 88, right?
3: Yeah. No, it was 85 or six. Oh,
2: it was. Oh yeah. So then this was after, yeah, this is a, a, just a, just a huge bomb. 27% on rotten tomatoes. I mean, it's about arm wrestling. It's about a trucker who arm wrestles. What's not to love. Um, Can we, could we, could we uh, kind of
1: reevaluate that description? I mean, as you're laboring through the middle, the second half of the movie, you're thinking to yourself, I thought this movie was about arm wrestling because
2: it's hardly it, any starts arm wrestling on, it. it
1: starts off with some at the bar yeah. to preview it. Yeah. And it ends with it, but there's almost None. zero there's, reference yeah. to it along the way, yeah. other than a couple lame workouts in the uh, cabin of a
2: truck. We'll get into that. So he, it starts out, he's picking his son. Who's really sucks?
3: And everybody's like, everybody's like, uh, who's that guy showing up? Yeah, everybody knows every parent.
2: Yeah, so his son is like graduating from military school, and Sly is like getting ready to go pick him up, and he's he's got his truck, and he's like taking a horse bath. He's yeah, he's like taking a (laughs) horse bath on the side of the road, and uh, and also and also drinking a beer which I think is a little weird when you're going to pick your estranged son up who it's a little, you're not even sure that you're allowed to pick him up. You've never met him. You don't actually have custody. You got some dodgy paperwork that you're going to show the colonel when you get to the military school. And also, then you're about to drive cross country. Do we need to put down a few Budweiser's to get that going? Did did, did, did that strike you guys as odd? (laughs)
3: The best way to start off a long, boring drive is to have a few beers, I a mean, couple downers could do
2: worse, could do worse.
1: We do. We do have to point out the fact that, um, I mean, when you say he's a truck trucker, like literally that's the only vehicle he owns. So yeah. if yeah. he's if he's going down to get fast food or <laughs> heading to yeah. California <laughs> or, or picking up his kid from from uh, military school, he's driving his semi. To pick up the kid,
2: yeah, um, yeah, that's his, that's his, that's his ride. And so he gets to the military school, and all the kids, including his kid, are being picked up in limousines, which I feel is like
3: kind of yeah, like, <laughs> like the rich kid
2: military school. Right. Everybody's getting picked up in limousines, and Sly rolls up, and he's got like a denim shirt on, but it's buttoned up. He's got a tie, he's got suspenders on, and I mean, he's pretty jacked. Not quite as jacked as he was in Rocky Four, though. He'd slimmed down a little bit.
3: Uh, but, but he was trying real hard to be a different kind of sly because every sly was kind of the same guy. Yeah. And so he tried to talk like really humbly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, Thank you.
2: but all the parents at the school were like, look at this fucking piece of shit. What's he doing at our school? Like everybody's like looking at him and whispering. And that just, did that strike yeah. you guys as realistic?
1: Yeah. He was like, they're like, who let the blue collar guy in here? <laughs> right?
2: <laughs> yeah. Why is there a working right. man at our school?
3: For from what I know about something like military school, is the parents aren't really involved in the day to day, so they know every parent.
2: <laughs> also, a little weird. Oh, right. Like, what? Who's that guy? Like, they know all. He t-
3: yeah, like, I don't. I wouldn't know. My my son like. My older son just started going to middle school, and now I know nothing about his life because I'm not involved with dropping him off and picking him up. It, military school, you wouldn't know
2: any of the parents. No, of course not. That's and, that's the whole by the thing. Way, where,
1: where is the school? I, I don't think they ever establish uh, where Sly lives initially so we just, or where the school is. So right. we
2: just reviewed Red Dawn. Uh, oh, yeah. And I got a Colorado vibe. From the school, but also could have been Utah.
3: They were going from somewhere to Bel Air, yeah, then to Vegas. Yeah, was, was that where we covered? Yes, exactly. And there, and there
2: were lots of big sweeping shots of the West. So much of the West was shown. So I think there were could have been, and it, and also it was like a couple days drive. So that would be like at least Colorado, because you could do. Utah could be like one one long day's drive to uh, to L.A. Right so right I'm guessing Colorado.
1: And for those who haven't seen the movie, and I, I recommend you do see it as Ed uh, Ed pointed out, like it's it. available on a free movie streaming service Ed called did. Toby. Yes, Ed, Toby.
2: Ed, Toby. Didn't, Ed didn't point that out. Yeah, He did. Oh, he did. Uh,
3: no, on, no, on our Texas sheets, not yeah. during the show. Yeah, it's, Tubi, it's, yes.
1: it's on Tubi. Yeah. If you just if you googled download Shuby.
3: streaming, I just googled streaming and that popped up, and it was a free yeah. site that was offering.
1: Yeah. but but just to set the the um, setting a little bit, the the he's an estranged father, and they haven't described why. And he picked up the son from military school before the villain of the movie, the grandfather, got there. The grandfather was ready to go, had the limo there to pick him up and sly comes in and swoops him up at the orders of the mother who is it's, dying of cancer back a,
3: in california it's
2: a weird dynamic who
1: lives with
3: the, lives with the grandfather a, lives with robert so
2: let's talk about that it's a it's a weird dynamic oh bart giamatti's at the game r.i.p um, it's a weird dynamic that they have. And I, I don't want to d- go back and ask why Jason mentioned that this movie was available on the website Tubi. I don't know if he has like a deal with them or something, but cause he, he brought it up for literally no reason. And then he went on to talk about the movie and I'm, and it's, I'm just like, I can't get it out of my head. Like, where was he going with that? And the answer is nowhere. Uh, but the, the, the family, The family dynamic is weird because we learn that for some reason, this uh, this hawk, the dad, Lincoln Hawk, had been not in contact with the kid for his whole life. And the kid didn't know him. when he shows up to pick up the kid. He's like, I got paperwork. I got custody. And um, and the colonel's like, well, it appears this is your dad. He's got custody. He's going to take you home. He's got a letter from your mom. They
3: hinted at. They hinted at like all along that he had his reasons and there was something, there was a backstory, and Logia felt like there was going to be more to him. Yeah. And like, s- like there was going to be some mob tie to the whole story. Something was going on. The
2: the, the, no, the family nothing. The family had told the kid that their that his dad was a drug dealer was like a bad guy, bad person that he'd walked out on walked out on the mom. And it turns out that the the dad had been writing all these letters. He's like, I wrote you I wrote you hundreds of letters. I sent you birthday card every year. Yeah. And the kid's like, what? How come you never wrote? He's like, I did. And he's like, what about you being a drug dealer? He's like, I'm a drug dealer. So the family hates his guts, except that when the mom gets cancer she calls the dad that she's kept away from the kid for literally his entire life and is like I'm going to need you to go pick up your son what the fuck was that all about
3: well I mean is it time to talk about the boy because uh, I'm most proud of what I discovered about this boy
2: so I remembered that this kid was on general hospital That's one thing I knew
3: about him. And I I remember when my mom watched General Hospital, I remember this kid and he sucked. He
2: sucked. He sucks in this movie. He's fucking horrible. Yeah.
3: Something sat with me after I watched this movie. And I was like, I know him from something else. And I did like a quick glance at IMDb and I just it didn't. It just showed General Hospital in this movie. I was like, I know him. I wake up and it's like in a movie. I'm brushing my teeth and I was like, that's it. He was supposed to be the clean-cut drug dealer at Arnold school. The episode wow. where Nancy Reagan comes in. Wow, the Just Say No episode. He's the Just Say No drug dealer. And he's like, oh, I get it from my older brother. And Nancy Reagan, and that's the What You Talk About Mrs. Reagan yeah. episode. She comes into the classroom, and I, I mean, this might be, like when we did the Bike Shop Man episode, this might be worth doing, because she ends the episode like talking to the class and she's like i want to tell you a story about um pot and this is a true story i remember her saying something about yeah it was pot yeah definitely it was definitely that's what they would call it like old people call it she goes i want to tell you about pot i remember there was like a teenager like a 16 year old It was so strung out on pot that he beat his sister to death, and it's a totally true story. And then they're like, "Hey, thanks, Nancy Reagan," and like Robbie, the redhead friend, is like, "Oh, thanks. I'm never doing drugs again." And that was the episode. Wow, that was the the first lady of the United States talked about a true story where uh, like a 16 year old on pot beat the the hell out of, like, beat to death his his sister.
2: It was a crazy
3: episode. This kid was the drug dealer, and I was so proud of myself for remembering who he was.
2: That's – who would ever remember that? That's only you. That's only your wow. recall. Uh, well, he's horrible in this movie. He's not allowed to see his dad, but he's got to go with him no matter what. And then – oh, then the, and the dad's like um, – oh, when he's picking him up from the – when he's picking him up and he's like – the kid's like, well, I'm going to need to see some ID and and the dad's like, uh, no, it's okay. And the, and the because the colonel's like, he doesn't have to show you ID. And he's like, no, I, I got it right here. And then he takes out he takes out from an envelope a wedding picture of him and the mother. <laughs> and it reminded me it reminded me of my uh, my buddy Sal. His dad in their in his house had a picture of himself with. Ronald Reagan and he was so proud of it and he's like here's my picture it's me and Ronald Reagan except it was clearly a picture of him standing with one of those cardboard cutouts of Ronald Reagan that they used to have oh, in the 80s you no. used to be able to like go to the mall and take a picture with Tom Selleck but it was really just a cardboard cutout so how how can this be accepted <laughs> as proof like I know there was no photoshop really in 1987 but maybe Maybe Hawk could have done the cardboard cutout thing with the wedding picture of the mom and he could have just been standing with a cardboard cutout like that didn't that doesn't strike me as meeting the burden of proof for taking a child across state lines. that did that strike you guys as odd?
3: Yeah, the school was playing, playing it fast and loose because the grandpa showed up like four minutes later. They're like, well, he's got like a dirty old letter. He must be good. Go kid. (laughs) I think grandpa shows up. He's like, Hey, I pick him up every semester in my limo. Yeah. Where is he? And they're like, Ah, dad got him. He has a right to him.
2: Now, we should talk. The grandpa is played by the great character actor. He's in Scarface. He's he's in Rambo. Like, he's around.
3: Dangerous with
2: John Candy. He's great. He was Sopranos, too,
1: right? Did oh, he make him Soprano? Oh, so the latter part of
3: sopranos, though, isn't he? I think so. They, well, not all Italian people are the same, Jason. Yeah. But but I will say this,
1: they they never quite get around to explaining what the hell this grandfather had against Hawk.
2: Fuck like, he was in they, Sopranos feach Lamana.
3: 2004. He saw Jason He was in four episodes Bringing up a point I made seven minutes ago. <laughs> But, but, but my thing is (laughs) like, they
1: never quite get around to like, at some point, this grandfather literally sends kidnappers to abduct their son, but they never quite get around to like why he was, why it was so offensive to him that this kid have a relationship with the father. Like they they never described any kind of, any kind of incident, any kind of like maybe business deal that went bad. They
2: never explained it. Never explained. It was just
1: a personal thing, I guess. Now, Rich I, need, guy, poor guy I,
2: I need to ask you guys, because in this movie, Robert Lowe, this is 1987. In this movie, Robert Loja is an old man. And yet, right. He
3: He's con- like 72 he or so. He
2: continued to work for many many years after this and i was like wait he's so old in 1987 right, he in sopranos. right how was he still in sopranos in 2004 so the question i put to you guys robert loja how fucking old is this guy Uh, Breaking news Mike Sosha just hit that home run down the line that hooked around the foul foul pole off Doc Gooden to tie. Doc Doc Gooden was carving the Dodgers in a four to two game. Let's one guy get on base, and Mike Sosha rides him out down the line, changing the Dodgers season and the history of baseball. Probably the second biggest home run in Dodger baseball history.
3: Uh I'll give you another update. Cal Ripken just did his lap around the stadium. Did he now it's official. Cal
2: Ripken, did he play like a lot of games in a row or something? Was that the thing? Played like <laughs> that just, was his thing. Yeah, that was his thing.
3: Played uh, for fifteen years straight. So you're
2: guessing seventy two on Robert Logan's well, I mean
3: I'll I'll give him the eighties discount, but I would say he's definitely like sixty eight.
2: Yeah, yeah, okay. 68 years old, 68. Uh, Jason Stewart, your thoughts. Robert Loja, how old is this fucking guy in 1987? During,
1: it was during the time of the movie, right? Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah. What? Yes.
1: No, 70 now. years old.
2: 70 years old, I would guess. Yeah, I would guess like mid 70s. I mean, he's an old man. I the discount when I yeah. said
3: 60. No, I get it.
2: Yeah, I would say 75. I just looked it up, guys. Robert Loja, born January 3rd, 1930. So he would have been this movie when this movie came out, he would have been 57. 50,
1: 60,
3: 67. No, no, 87 minus 30. That's what I meant, 57. 57.
2: He would have been 57 years old. That means when they shot this movie, he would have been 56 years old. Or, to put it in modern parlance, the same age that Brad Pitt is
3: today. Oh, my God. I mean, it's Um, just crazy. I will point out a tweet I got just the other day. Um... Based on the looking back when uh, Dazed and Confused came out, it, it's the equivalent of a movie came out today looking back at 2003.
2: Yes, exactly. That's a – wow. That's a very, very – <laughs> that's very sobering. Very, very much <laughs> of a bummer. That's very much of a bummer. Um, so what else happens? He – so he takes the kid, right, and uh, he's they're they're headed off, and the kid's a real prick. He's like he kind of looks like Baby David Hasselhoff. He's kind of got that face. I wonder if they're related.
3: He, acts, he doesn't act like a um, like a military kid. He acts like a spoiled brat. He acts like he went to a rich boarding school.
1: Right. And he acts like he went. He acts like he went to the school of vaginas.
4: Right. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's, one, there's one scene where he uh, he's in the, the cab. I think it's the, the first trip that he took. And he somehow says, I, I need to go to the bathroom or I'm sick. I need to get out of the, of the truck. And he gets out and he, he takes that chance to run from his dad. And he runs across freeways. Yep. He just ran oh, across yeah. a freeway. And all these cars were getting in wrecks and yep. shit. Yep. Like, yep. <laughs> Stallone yep. follows yeah, was- him. And, and he's just crying and I don't want to be with you. Yep. Just a little punk. Yeah. He's Get over yourself.
2: Yeah. yeah. But uh, quickly they, they come back together. Like and, first-
3: also, wait, and if any driver sees a kid running through the highway traffic to escape a guy and a big guy gives him a bear hug, you're going to call the police because that's usually a sign of some kid trying to get away from a predator. Yeah,
2: that's exactly right. It it was, it was a weird turn of events, but then they, then they go to, um, they end up at a truck stop. And but the truck stop is also like kind of like a bar where people are partying, which is weird because it's like all these guys are on the road. Do they just stop? Did they stop to get hammered and then just keep on making their long haul route? It was very confusing. Um, But the kid's a real prick. He doesn't like he doesn't feel like um, uh, Sylvester Stallone, who is jacked, understands nutrition. And I. uh, so he's just he's just kind of an asshole. The kid. But then something strange happens because Sylvester Stallone, Hawk, Lincoln Hawk, he gets recognized while he's at the bar, and
3: right, he gets There's no internet then.
2: Right, he gets challenged, and this is yeah, this is a lot like the the Richard Gere Gerbil incident or that time Rod Stewart had had to get his stomach pumped. Yeah, they <laughs> the, the semen. <laughs> well, gee, whoa, easy yet This is this is one of those things that just like everybody kind of knew that this guy's a champion arm wrestler and they knew to challenge him and they put a thousand bucks down. And then also he's like with his kid. So it's like, is there no honor among things like you don't do you don't challenge people to a fight when when they're with their kid? But but Lincoln, he takes the challenge from, I believe, a dude called Smasher. Uh, who was, Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Who was much bigger than him. And then eventually like he has to be, he has to be goaded into it for like a thousand dollar arm wrestling match. And then the kid's like, what are you doing? And he, and he looks at him and he goes,
4: gotta go to work.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and, and so he ends up, he ends up winning the match, but what was, what I, what struck me as odd. And, and we got, and we can get into this more later. We got into a little bit of his technique, like he's walking in and you're like, I don't like this guy kind of looks like he means business. Does he mean business?
3: Smasher was his name. Smasher. Yeah.
2: yeah Smasher and smashers. Smashers like his buddies are like smacking him in the face and like kicking him in the dick and stuff to like get him pumped yeah, up.
3: That's, that's the move for all arm wrestlers. They like getting smashed smacked in the face yeah like almost every guy in the movie does
2: and but then Sly or hawk cruises up and you're like man is he really is he really does he really mean business and then he goes hold on and he fucking turns that hat around the hat was facing forward and now the hat's facing backwards, and you know my man is down to do work, and he he fucks up Smasher in the arm wrestling uh, match. He does his signature move, which is to go.
3: Well, what is it? Rub their thumb. What what is the move? He's yeah. Over the top. And he
2: adjusts his grip.
1: That's the thing, and and they never again. This this movie of all of its shortcomings, it has like 90 things that are never explained. They just have a scene. Details. Why not at some point during the movie explain why this grip is so effective? Like why not spend a couple minutes of dialogue explaining why, why he takes, gets the upper hand over people that are twice his size, but he just does this.
3: All the wasted dialogue in the cab with his, his son. Couldn't that have been one of their 35 conversations?
1: You would think, yeah. but it, so he has this grip that that beats guys that are twice his size. He wins and just walks off. And I will say this about uh, I guess the next villain in this movie is a guy named what? Bull is that his name? Bull. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds right. Yeah. yeah. So so Bull walks up to him At the same bar after he just won, and Bull is like I guess the the, the uh, arm wrestling champion the last five years. He's a big uh, oaf, right? And he says, "Hey, Hawk, double or nothing right now, you and me." Yeah. And I'm thinking, look, if you are going double or nothing in a game of darts, or double or nothing in like a game of pool that takes almost zero zero <laughs> physical <laughs> physical <Right>. uh, <laughs> strength, yep. that's one thing, right? But right. what kind of what kind of a man says double or nothing to a guy that just expects expended all of his energy <laughs> right, 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 trying to beat right. a guy? Right. Like that's and then he calls him yellow in front of his kid yeah, well, And you're yeah. a pussy,
2: and, <laughs> and <laughs> also, but also 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 yes. the kid's sitting by himself and bull comes up behind him, an adult yeah. man and a young nubile child boy and he places his hand on top of the kid's hand
3: what, like how, how about uh, molester how vibes about smasher? but d- during <laughs> during the uh, the match with smasher i know i wrote down that there was like a beavis vibe to a few of the guys they just were going yeah yeah get him smasher tell him smasher tell him tell oh, there's arm wrestling yes tell him smasher what? what and are there really like fans of arm wrestling that no, was maybe no. the most it's, I understand arm wrestling happens when drunk idiots want to prove their strength but I didn't realize it's like a thing people are fans yeah, of
2: no there was, there was the whole bar gathered round like if there were two guys arm wrestling in a bar
3: like you, Let's just move over here. You it's could,
2: a too. you could not get me to adjust my gaze. There's no fucking chance. I'd walk over nearer to it. Like this, this is crazy. The whole thing's crazy. Um, but he he ends up went and then so then the kids like kind of uh, he's kind of wins over the kid I guess a little bit uh, at that point
3: he sees and, his dad doing something yeah strong
2: yeah and, and they're back on the road and you know he's asking. Um, they're they're uh, ask. Oh, one more thing. There's there's a referee to the to the um to the 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 Smasher Hawk arm wrestling match, and if you go back and look at it,
3: it's Wait, not in the random bar. There's a ref. Yes, it's it, oh, it, I didn't even yeah know. yeah
2: because these things need to be kept fair. So somebody's <laughs> got to do the thing where they hold the hands and before they let him go. Oh, okay. And the referee, Perfect. it's not the same actor, but he's got a similar look, and he's got the exact same look on his face as the pawn shop guy that's watching Zed rape Marcellus Wallace in Pulp Fiction. It's, I'm not sure it's the same dude, but he's looking at it with the same
3: thirst. spider right Spider caught a couple flies. Yes.
2: Um, So he does a switch grip. Yeah, but Bull calls him Yellow. Like fucking who? No one's called anybody Yellow since nineteen forty one. Thank
3: you, Mad Dog Tannen, and Back to the Future Three. And and,
1: and the whole thing is the whole thing is I'll see you in Vegas. Uh, Let's do this in Vegas. That's the uh, the big the foreshadowing to the main event at the end, but um again it's why it's a it's a arm wrestling movie that's light on the arm wrestling i guess you can include the next scene we'll talk about right when they go into the diner yeah and there's 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 a kid playing um pinball uh,
3: right but before this there's a couple things that happen. so he wins over his son then he's like all right we're gonna we gotta you know go to sleep for the night and yeah. that's where he goes, I thought it'd be fun to sleep in the cap of my truck. You can use my shoulder as a pillow. Yeah. What? Yeah. He goes, that's not fun for anybody.
2: He goes, a lot of truckers do it. And I go, I go, I, is, I didn't see this truck having one of those back things where they go to sleep. And they didn't have one of those back things. His idea of going to sleep was just to fucking sit straight up erect and, slightly push his cap down over his eyes and just get a, get a good night's sleep. And the kid's like, aren't we going to a hotel? And then the, he's like, a lot of truckers do this. What? Put your head on my shoulder. Is there anything less comfortable than than somebody's fucking shoulder bone? Oh, yeah. Let me put my I, I, can I have a pillow or a fucking scapula? Like what? what is going on? It's <laughs> insane.
3: Get, no pillow. You get my shoulder. Like, like working out muscle hardened shoulder. It's going to be the worst night's sleep this kid has ever had. Absolutely. And, uh, and then before that, then he's teaching the kid to drive. His well, no, fruit I, don't, he, I don't think track. at that oh point, he's calling fruit champagne.
2: I don't think, no, he hasn't, he hasn't sh- shown the kid to drive yet, but he does. The, the, after they sleep, no, I,
3: it, it yeah. is because I wrote down the kid was still challenging him on like how smart, like yeah. I'm a smart kid. He's like, oh, yeah, you're so smart. Go drive this 18-wheeler. We'll see how smart you are. Well, that's not. That just means he hasn't, he's never been yeah taught to drive. well two things i was going to
1: say it's kind of like it's it's kind of like if you had a trade like manny and gardena it would be kind of like yeah if you're so smart why don't you uh why don't you f- fix this uh Sneak, this plug sneaker. in my shitter well, if you're so smart well, it's like no if you if you have a trade that you do for a living that doesn't mean you're smart it just means you're good at what you do but
2: hold on the kid is like oh yeah you know you're you, you're pretty strong and stuff but i don't see too many fucking books in this truck which is it was a pretty good burn like he was ripping them and then and sly gets and and let's not all let's not discount the fact that the kid who is already established himself as a piece of shit is a car stereo toucher they're driving along and he just fucking reaches up in in a truck he does not own
3: not, not your call. Not you're not driving. Yeah, you don't yeah. own. You just you don't have that call. And he just
2: starts turning down the fucking stereo like it's his on on on, on Sly's sweet Alpine. I mean that was kind oh, of bullshit. The in that in yeah. that
3: battle, both both sides were losing because all the music in this movie was Sucks. terrible.
2: Yeah, it was t- he's like that's
1: a good and, song. The the writer, director, producer, whoever was at fault here. You have to admit they went about three click on click offs too many than they should have it. There must have been like 36 exchanges. (laughs) And again, it, it took up a good three and a half minutes of the movie when they could have been explaining either the grip that makes him so good or why his grandfather hates him so much.
2: Uh, yeah, exactly. They, they never tell us what's actually happening. That's a really good point. Um, but then he's like, "This he's like, you, he's like, you, you don't have any books or anything. He's like, oh, you think you're so smart, tough guy? Why don't you get in here and drive this truck? And then he's like, <laughs> so he kind of like doesn't know how to turn, to start up the truck. And he like he's like, I've driven a dune buggy yeah. before. And he's like, okay, Mr. Dune buggy, drive the truck. And then, but the thing is, <laughs> the kid does drive he's the thir- truck he's 13 yeah
1: he's 13 right he's 13 yes he's
2: 13 yeah. he can't reach it the pedals him, he,
3: he can't push in the clutch 12 seconds yeah,
2: within four seconds he's shifting gears and driving down the highway <laughs> who's fucking owning who in that scenario like how does it come off that sly is the one that wins that exchange when the kid could have easily driven the truck all the way to fucking la after zero lessons <laughs> and that and that
1: and that's all Sly has. Like, yes. it's not like he has other uh, tools. No, that's it. Talk. He knows how to drive a truck. So if his kid could do that, Sly can't just be like, uh, yeah, but you, I could arm wrestle. You know, there's, there's nothing else. The kid could read. The kid <laughs> already had the books line. He could read and now he could drive the truck. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and also we learned that the kid, is able to arm wrestle because
3: yeah. So they, this is yes. this is the moment where child services needs to take him away. So he takes him to yeah. another truck yes. stop. Yes.
2: Yeah. They're they're at a truck stop and they, and just they they finish their meal and Sly goes. Oh, you really did a number on that cake. And just fucking t- four minutes before, the kid was like, oh, fried chicken is disgusting. It's so bad for you. I'll have the tuna on toast, light mayo. <laughs> and then and all of a sudden, the very next scene, he's fucking houses, housing big pieces of German chocolate in a fuck, in a diner somewhere. <laughs> like, talk about a This guy. <laughs> so... They're leaving. They're they're getting ready to leave, and there's some asshole, and he looks like the stereotypical like high school bully. He's got a lot of zits
4: from the eighties. Yeah, he's an eighties dickhead.
1: Yeah, 80s. like if if you if you had a an eighties bully cliche, it's a guy with big done up hair. Yep. Um, cut off cut off sleeves. Yep. And, and he had zero muscles.
2: One glove. He, was, he also had one glove.
1: He was he had a glove on and. He's
3: a tough man, Michael Jackson. Yes. He's at least 16.
1: Yeah, that, I mean, he's, probably 20. He's much the older. Kids, the kids going on 13 years old. This, so that so keep that in context. They're not, they're
2: not even the same weight class. Like, how how is this fair? Why would you put your kid in a situation where he's got to arm wrestle a much bigger kid
1: on a pinball machine Crazy. which <laughs> is so uncomfortable like that is so uncomfortable. At an you angle, can your elbow on that thing. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. Um, so and but but Sly is pretty smart. He's been at this game for a while. He gives he gives the the bully ten to one odds, and then he and then he goes and then he goes <laughs> two out of three. We're gonna do this two out of three, and then the the bully smokes. That's
3: a loser's move. By the way, right. you lost.
2: But what? Well, no, but the, but the terms were set before the before yeah, he lost. Before, yeah, before. Oh, yeah. did he? Yeah, it was initially. Yeah, I mean, he said we're going to do I this to our Yeah. Okay. So so then, and then the kid, like a bitch, goes running off crying, and it's weird because he runs off crying, and then uh, Lincoln just like through the window goes, "Hey, kid," and he stops and turns around and comes back. <laughs> like what? I thought he you stopped. ran away. <laughs> like it uh, didn't take very much to get him to come back. It would just be like
1: if it would just be like if he was running past the store and his father was just like, "Hey, I'm right here. I'm I'm in the store," and the kid just stopped in his tracks. And this is when we're introduced to the motto of the movie and also the chorus of the Kenny Loggins song.
2: Yeah. So after he loses the the first of three falls to the bully. Our guy he, Lincoln pulls he just, the kid aside
1: he starts, and he starts screaming at his dad. Yeah. I, this is why I hate you. Yeah. The only reason you him. did that yeah. was to embarrass me and he's crying and all this stuff. And, and <laughs> I mean, just being in a vagina yeah. and Lincoln deserves credit for not just leaving him at that truck stop at that.
2: I agree. But he gives him a motivational speech and it's be, and it's it, it it is meant to match the song because they say it like four times in the movie. He's like, yes. ne- "Never go halfway, never only go halfway."
1: No, no, no. no. Hold on a second. Yeah. No, no, no. Oh. I, you got to If you're gonna do the motto of the movie, you might want to get it right. What is it? It's this. It's hey, hey, kid. One thing you'll learn. The world never meets you halfway. Oh that's what it is. Yeah. The, <laughs> the world never meets you. You but, gotta go and get it. But the you song is meet, meet But want.
2: the song is meet me halfway. So the in the song yeah. you do meet halfway.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 Kenny Roggins is news. saying the world does. Yeah, right. no,
3: John, John, Prine, John Prine died Ah oh, fuck.
2: Well you couldn't say that you couldn't say that to the end of the show?
3: Oh yeah. my god! Jeez, I,
1: dude, I, I threw that into the universe. I you are a now. piece of shit, Jason. But you, you're, you're on the, the piece cult. of crap
2: list. Um, and then one, but also in the motivational speech, Sly's like, "Look, doesn't matter if you lose. Just if you do lose, lose like a winner." <laughs> yeah yeah.
1: there's there's some weird thing right? where he does like yeah he's like hey even winners could lose and the, losers could win no no so no,
2: like, wow. no those things are opposite you can't lose like the winner because you lost yeah. to the guy that won he's the winner and you're the loser you lost like a loser loser and in fact i don't know if there's
1: any more black or white result than an arm wrestling match if you know if you were if you were rocky if you were it's, Rocky and you and you lost on points, maybe there's some uh, some honor in still going out a fighter, and, and somebody's opinion was that you lost. But arm wrestling, you win or lose, period.
2: Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's not really any gray area in the world of arm wrestling, which is kind of the point, right? Like that's why yeah. that's why he does it. Um, and all. So then he comes back and he arm wrestles the bully for the 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 next two rounds and he wins two out of three. Shocker. He wins. And, so. and while he's while he's arm wrestling, um, Sly's like shouting advice and he's got w- very weird advice. He's like, Pump it, kid.
3: Pump it. What? Do like, you want me to jerk him off? Yeah. I don't,
2: <laughs> like, I don't even know how to translate that kind of coaching. Like you got, put it in terms I <laughs> can understand. Pump it. And he's like over the top, over the top. And Here's the thing. The over-the-top is his signature move. Does, has he taught the kid the over-the-top? Because I don't remember that's, him doing any arm wrestling that's lessons. What yes. that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying.
1: If we were to rewrite this screenplay, he goes from using it at the bar, telling him about the move, and this is how undersized people could win, and he teaches them the grip, and then the kid uses the grip at the pinball machine. And we all we all know what over
2: the top means. Yeah, that's but right. Yeah. No, this, I still
1: movie, don't know. this movie yeah. chose not to do that. Yeah.
2: So then they're then they're leaving the bar and the and the granddad's Robert Loja's henchman attempts to kidnap is his name Michael? I think it is.
3: Well, they don't attempt. They do. They successfully they, get it. They
2: kidnap him, but then they're foiled by they're foiled by Sly in his truck, and he gets the kid back, and then they get back. I'll
3: point and I went out with this truck, though. Yeah, I put out with this truck when he pulled into the the truck stop to uh, beat up on the the sixteen uh, year old boys. Th- he had a brewed champagne uh, uh, container on the back. When he chased after the kidnapping, it was just the calf. That was it.
2: Wow. So Brew
3: Champagne just was left at some truck stop. So he's a <laughs> shitty driver. Yeah. Like, he doesn't right. even get the product to where it needs to be. Right,
2: right. right. Exactly. Also, as as he goes and chases the, um, the Kidnapper. kidnappers away from the diner, suddenly they're, like, on Ventura Boulevard. It's like, wait, you— like you're in LA already. Like, why did you stop yeah, to eat? A
3: reductive reshoot. rigged
2: How did you get? You never told us you were in LA, and now you're chasing each other down the streets of LA. What? When did that happen? Like, how? how did you arrive in LA?
1: Yeah. And 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 by the way, um, total random scene. It was kind of a chance to get some action into the movie. It makes made no sense. So you uh, you have these kidnappers. Uh, take this kid from the truck, like a traumatizing yeah. moment. Like this kid will never be the same. Like how many of us have been kidnapped in our lives? And it was something that's going to stick with you. It was awful. And, and his, his dad comes and beats up the guys and rescues him. And the movie just plainfully doesn't explain why it happened. Nope. The only nope. thing that they do say is they have Sly saying, Tell him he's never going to get my kid. Like yeah. he put it together that it was the grandfather well, that yeah. hired the yeah. kids
3: to
2: traumatize him. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. And, I mean, right?
3: The next scene, the next scene, they're just horsing around and arm wrestling yes. while driving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like nothing scene, happened. And and uh, you would think, all right. So the son's like, all right. So we're in some shit. Like, what's going on? Ask. I, I made some mistakes, but I won't make them again. Oh. Cool. Yeah, that's Mission f- accomplished.
2: Yeah, it's really, really glossing over what happened between, like, was he tuning the mom up? Like, what's, what was, what actually happened between these two that she's got so much hate, disdain for this guy, except that they're like best friends and they're talking on the phone. He's like, I'm on my way. I'm bringing Michael. You want to talk to right. Michael? And it's like. Wait, you guys haven't spoken for this kid's entire life. She's never let you see the kid. And then she's going in for heart surgery and you're the first person she calls.
3: But at least you feel good that they wasted all that time arm wrestling because they get to the hospital.
2: Yeah, they get to the hospital and the mom's fucking dead.
3: (laughs) Why did they stop so many times? They were doing he stopped like 12 times and they missed the mom by like 12 <laughs> yes, minutes. Yes. And then the
2: kid gets pissed at Sly. He's uh you know rightfully he's uh he's a little bummed out. His mom's died. He's not in he's not in a great place. He runs away. And what's he do? I don't
4: know.
2: He hails a cab. What? <laughs> What kind of fucking cabby picks up prepubescent boys? like that's yeah, you can't get a, cab, a boy. You can't get a cab when you're twelve.
3: And then it and does it, is it here that he finds the letters or just who finds the letters he, that he sent? No, they are all still in a drawer
2: he so he ends up he ends up going back to the grandpa's. and the um sly. Is not having it, and despite the fact that he's had twelve years to go knock on the door and say, "Hey, I'd like to see my kid," um, he chooses this time to drive his truck through the gates of the Bel Air mansion. And I, you have to assume that the that Robert Loja, the grandpa, he has to be up to some kind of uh, nefarious business because he's surrounded by lots of henchmen. You don't like you don't right. ha- you don't have like lots of. Right.
3: You well, we're going to surely we'll find out what's up. No, right? we don't. No,
2: so, actually, spoiler alert. You never find that no, out. He no. did. I think one of I think one of the henchmen is some kind of pro wrestler, like a funk, something funk, because he was also one of the henchmen in it's the one with Patrick Roadhouse. Oh, so I've he's got pro wrestler henchmen. Sly crashes through the gates. He tries to steal his son back. He gets arrested. He gets actually put in like at proper prison for some reason without a trial. Uh, and then the secret this uh, the Robert Loja's secretary shows up, and he's like, "Look, we're gonna take the kid." We're going to pay you off. This The the secretary has an incredible hairpiece. I would watch it. I would suggest watching this movie just for the secretary's wig because he was a young guy. He's one of these guys that went bald young and then he couldn't work in movies without with while being bald. So he got he got the big wig going. Uh, it's it's really stunning. I would
3: also. Yeah. I would also point out, you know, the the whole idea that he's been sending letters. So you find out he's been sending letters for a decade. Yeah with no response you, you wouldn't change your response you, like your your approach a little bit like he's still yeah. doing the like dear hummingbird like he's just writing <laughs> like, away yes. as, as a, if like at some point yeah. it's like oh you know what yeah. the first 60 letters didn't yeah. work but this one yeah, yeah it's i've work. had
2: how come you never I've responded
1: had, i've had distant relatives right i've had I've, I've lived away from my parents for many years the birthday card is typically uh, followed up with a phone call. Did yeah. you get the birthday card? Yeah. Like, yeah, like if, they, if they would have had 10? just if they would have just had one of those conversations, he would have gotten to the bottom of it. Yeah. Like, what do you mean you didn't get it? Yeah. But can we but think about he's still writing in crayon?
2: And if there's a if there's a saw buck in that birthday card, you got to fucking cool call and say, thank you. Like, hey, dad, yeah, dad, thanks for the yeah. Tenski, you know, yeah.
1: appreciate it. But the more I think about uh, what Hawk was thinking, I know they needed to have a crime to commit so that he had to go to prison and they could leverage him with this custody thing. I know I know that, but they didn't really think it through. Like um, his decision was to crash through the wall before a mansion and then then crash into the front door of the mansion uh, with this semi truck. That was that was his crime. But then he gets out and he starts screaming Michael's name. Here's this is what this is what happened. Michael voluntarily left you because you you didn't get him there in time to see his mother. He went to his grandfather's on his own will. Yeah. It wasn't like he wasn't Sly stolen. had to crash through the mansion to rescue his kid. That's a really good point. Like, what, what exactly was he thinking and doing that? What was the what was the mindset going in? Do we know?
3: No. 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 I mean this <laughs> You know, it's a really good point. At this point, we have to wonder if Sly's the best uh, screenwriter, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or he just yeah. was able to write. I mean, i I during this break or whatever uh, quarantine, I've showed my son the first four Rocky movies. I mean, for a twelve-year-old boy, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, the first movie, it's it's nuanced and well done, but it's kind of like uh, it's so long know, and uh, slow. I stopped, I stopped no, but at the same time, there is there is heart to it. But like that's a stop clock is right twice a day that right. he he can't write. This movie proves he doesn't know how to write.
2: No. no yes, I, I would agree with that 100 percent. There's not really a lot of uh, of uh, uh, you don't really get the details in this movie at all. So, uh, so the, but the <clears> lawyer
1: <throat> does leverage this uh, this conviction that, you know, we'll, we, we will uh, take we will not press charges. If you sign over full custody yep. of your child to the grandfather, and Sly takes the deal, yep. he signs the papers. Well,
2: because the kid then, tells him to.
1: Right, and yeah. then and then of course that's when they have to go back to the theme. And even though I just signed your, your, the custody over to your grandfather that that had you kidnapped, yeah. He just, he had to tell the kid, look, the world is never going to meet you halfway. Yep. You're going yep. to have to go again. and get it. He says it again in the prison. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 The world doesn't. <laughs> yeah. No, he said it said <laughs> at least three times. <laughs> um, well, So then he's, so then he's like, all right, he's like, I'll take the deal. Then he decides it's time it's he's got to get out to vegas got to go to vegas he's yeah. got to go to vegas and while he goes to he goes to vegas he sells his truck for 7 grand cuz he's he's betting on himself at 20 to 1 i don't want to get into the fact that he destroyed smasher in a bar he's a well-known arm wrestling hustler on the circuit the best guy in the world Challenges him, feels like he's a challenge that needs to be met. And yet when the tournament comes up, he's a twenty to one shot. He's the longest shot in the field.
1: He's a twenty to one shot. And by the way, uh, he sold his semi for seven thousand bucks. and just thinking about um, Lincoln probably didn't have a great grasp on business and supply and demand yeah. and <laughs> depreciating products yeah. because he chose to sell his semi. After he went through a wall and a couple statues <laughs> and through the front door of a mansion.
2: <laughs> that's a really, that's a like maybe if you're planning on selling the truck, you park it down the block and you just jump the fence and t- take your chances with the Funk right. brothers when you get inside.
3: Right. He was in good shape. He could have jumped the fence. Yeah. He's a pretty fit guy. Uh, um, but this, it was kind yeah. of uncool. I pointed out, I, I wrote down, when they start, they just—they're in the arena now. Uh, they had the Japanese arm wrestler using lifts on his shoes. Uh, I, I saw that.
2: I—I <laughs> I, I couldn't tell if that was like a technique that they were all using. I didn't realize right, that that right. was because they had—they did that thing where no, they're no, like, it
3: was the Japanese guy?" Yeah, and we, also what they keep cutting from the tournament to the sun, and what does the sun do, Brian? What? Oh, he he, he he reads a letter. No, he
2: finds the letters. He he steals my dream forerunner from the grandpa's garage. He drives to the
3: airport. He he learned for thirty seconds to drive a semi. Yes, that's what he learned, and now he's able to drive. He
2: knows how to drive stick shift. He drives to the airport where he boards a plane. Yeah, there's no ways – there's no Google Maps wasn't invented back then.
3: He just – he knew the way to the airport? Yeah. Like what What yeah. boy, what 12-year-old or 14-year-old boy knows how to just drive to the airport? And then
2: what? He buys a ticket? He buys a ticket. He gets no, on – No, no, no. Oh. He,
3: he just snuck in. Oh. He didn't ha- there was right. no cash. Right.
1: He had mm-hmm. white, white pants on and no cash.
2: Yes. <laughs> he gets on a plane – and then he gets to he gets to Vegas and the henchmen have flown the, the grandpa's private jet and like beaten him there and they're waiting outside. So what does he do? He sneaks past him by riding the fucking baggage carousel into the baggage claim. I, and then he must hop he gets in another cab and he goes to the uh goes to the tournament. Is that what happens?
1: He he, yeah. he looks up at the on the Vegas airport. And, of course, the National Arm course, Wrestling Championship the, is being the, shown live. At the Las Vegas at, Hilton. At the Vegas airport, yeah. and it says yeah. the Vegas Hilton yeah. on the uh, on the graphic, So he knew exactly where to go. Now, my, my thing <clears> is, <throat> it, meanwhile, while this kid is, has this uh, impossible trip from uh, the mansion of Bel Air to Las Vegas, he somehow gets there on his own. They keep going back to the introduction of this arm wrestling championship and they just, they milk it. They just draw it out. Like all this, there's so
3: much like uh, um, slow motion, dramatic. How about the confessional scenes? Like the, yeah, the, the reality show confessionals. What no, is it's that? Great. It's great. I
1: swear that they, they lined up the actors. I, it, and this is how it these, came off. These up. were not
3: they, actors. No, they no,
1: they no. lined up the actors or former wrestlers or whoever these people were. And they said, just improvise because they didn't sound. They didn't sound like rehearsed, um, like lines from a movie. They sounded like, just, just say something that your character would say, but it was just such a non sequitur. Like, it went from an actual movie motion picture to this kind of like offshoot confessional thing that you see in every reality movie nowadays.
3: It was just this strange. Is, one this reeks of slides writing one like guy's Sly, like, yeah, you no, know, we'll have a dude who eats a cigar and drinks Valvoline. Yeah. We'll, we'll just do that.
2: One guy drinks motor oil like that. You would die. That would kill you. You would not survive that. You cannot drink a quart of motor, motor oil to get pumped up to arm wrestle. That is not <laughs> how it works.
3: Uh, and then there's like 20 scenes of the boy sneaking around yeah. while well, the guys are soccer. There's like 20 of them. He's
2: well this it's this is like the the All Valley Karate tournament on steroids. I mean, the fucking Las Vegas Hilton is packed. There's a, there's an amphitheater loaded with fans of to 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 watch this arm wrestling thing. Um, and the- that
1: reminds me, by the way, what you just said about the all Valley tournament, I just thought about this, um, the all Valley tournament, the, the karate kid thing, as much as it didn't, I think it like, maybe like if you, if you didn't do karate before that, you were probably much more compelled to do karate after walking out of it as a 12 year old kid, Totally. you know, if you, if you watch Rocky, you might box if you know, watch rounders, I, I played poker, but like I, I really do think that Stallone thought that this was going to be that kind of a movie for arm wrestling, that people yeah, were just yeah. going to start arm wrestling. Yeah. And he could not have been more off like no. this. This was, this was a one-off arm wrestling venture. Like there wasn't any offshoot, no sequel. Nobody became anything big because of this. It was no. just a complete dud.
2: So the turn, the tournament is going on and there's like, they're, there's like a voiceover sequence where it's like the announcer of the tournament and he lets us know, no fewer than four times that this is a double elimination. Remember <laughs> folks, this is a double elimination tournament. You have to lose twice. There's no continuing. If you don't, lo- if you lose one time, that's okay. Because two times is the amount of times you need to lose to be out of this tournament. Twice is the I number don't two, don't two times. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck, I wonder if, I wonder if Sly going to lose one of these, or maybe he's going to go undefeated. He kept saying that. Yeah. And
1: each time he said it, I laughed even harder. Because yeah. like, why do you have to keep mentioning this? Yes. Yeah. so then you got it. And
3: then they get they get to the finals, but how many yes. for like How many referees do you think you need for the finals? At
2: least eight, including one of them who I'm <laughs> nearly certain was uh, former NBA center Chris Bosch. Chris Bosch was, if you look closely. <laughs> was one of the referees. It was it was like when the uh, Major League Baseball playoffs when they got the down the line, that you get the down the line umpires. It was like right. that but you had like that you would have had like down there's the so line. You would have had like two in the in the power alleys, you would have had a couple sitting on the fence, there's, couple guys behind only home plate. One
3: way to score in this yes, game. This one, there's you, only
2: one you, way. You see the one guy. And also and By the way, yeah.
1: But when, when Sly loses, because they had to keep mentioning the, the double elimination so that, that they could show that he does lose. They made a couple of references to him pulling a muscle, like yeah. a bicep muscle. Yeah. Like there was some injury, again, for him to overcome so that, that his victory would be that much greater. And by the way, if it was double elimination, and we kept being reminded of this, Did that not include the finals because that bull guy was running through everybody. Well, he would have had to
2: have lost this again. Twice. He would have had to watch this is like the final hole in Caddyshack. Like you would have to show bull also lose one time. And then had they both, if they've both lost one time. Well, no. Yeah. If they both lost one time, then that would make sense. But we, we never saw bull lose. So Sly loses one and then wins out of the winner's bracket. Wouldn't he have to beat bull twice? Beyond that.
3: So every every match takes five seconds. Yeah. And the final goes seemingly twenty minutes. So Sly's injured. Go back and forth. Sly's injured. And this
2: this his method of rehab makes Miyagi's let me slap my hands together, let me rub my hands together and then touch you places. He's his Sly puts a woman's leg warmer on his elbow and that's like his method of rehab and it's and it seems to work he goes back in injured into the final and their their hands keep coming apart so they got to bring out the strap and they strap their hands together and it's back and forth back and forth until sly decides to go over the
3: top that, he does that thumb rub Th-
2: Puts that, puts, moves those four fingers over, reaches over, and that gives him the power. My question to you guys is why doesn't anybody else do that move? That's that's exclusive to him. He's, he's, it's like fucking Michael Jackson's moonwalk. You can't do that. I do that. I do the four fingers over.
3: Proprietary information. It's, it's
1: kind of like it reminds me of, when Goose puts the brakes on in Top Gun. Right. Like, if that was Maverick. such an amazing yes. move, yeah. why wasn't everybody putting the brakes on? Right. They'll fly right, right past me. It's like to no yeah, move. Once, no and once he puts this over the top uh, grip on, that that telegraphs what he's doing. I mean, it, it telegraphs worse than Daniel and his um, crane kick and his crane move. Kick. Yeah, kick. I mean, it, it just, I mean, and by the way, we, we skipped to the very, very end without mentioning that little part. Where the grandfather calls him up to the penthouse suite. It's pretty, pretty nice suite. And the the grandfather offers him a semi truck to give, to leave the kid alone.
2: Plus half a million dollars.
1: And my thing is, he already signed over legal documents. Right. right. That's a really good point. Why are you
2: you offering money and and a brand new truck? (laughs) You already won. That's a really good point. Uh well and that's how it ends, right? He ends up going well, over the top.
3: D- but it ends with with the boy saying, you know, what I I get. I grew up filthy rich, had every privilege in the w- world, but I just I just want to like like hang out yeah. and like crash on your shoulder in Branson, Missouri. (laughs) Like this is the life I want now.
1: No, no game plan whatsoever. The guy has no home and, and no like steady income or anything like that. But who's going to choose a sim?
2: Who's going to watch the kid while this guy's on a fucking long haul run driving fucking Coors down to Georgia.
3: He's by the way, it's going to have a lot of truck stop time.
2: Yeah. We we missed the payoff.
1: We missed the payoff too. So after he loses, that one that one match, and he's gotten and he's, you know, he's like grabbing his bicep and he tells his kid, I don't know if I can keep going. I'm injured. I'm not gonna be able to win. The kid turns the tables on him and says, You know what, Dad? You're always telling me that the world doesn't meet me halfway. Right. How yes. about you right now, Dad? You gotta go get it. And Sly takes uh inspiration from that and goes out and plays it. Uh
2: yeah, Meet Me Halfway is played a lot. It's a real piece of shit movie. I got to be honest. It's uh, it's really bad in every way. It's kind of awful. But I would suggest going to the website. What's the website that hosts it? Jason's very important.
1: It's Tubi. Tubi, Tubi uh, yeah. offers it for free. And by <laughs> the way, as I'm as I'm watching Tubi, it's a bunch of movies that are just old, like this one, and nobody wants to watch. But one of my movies, Murder on the Thirteenth Floor, is also there. So if you, could, oh, if, you go, if you go to if you go to Tubi right now, you could watch Over the Top and you could watch Murder on the Thirteenth Floor and see my scene.
2: Bring it back around. Now, hold on, Jason. Murder on the Thirteenth Floor. That's not the one with Gershon. Is this Gershon? No. Uh, Not with LDP. Not LDP. That's murder at the Presidio. Oh, you have two murder movies that you're in. Love your murder movies. This movie is
1: actually starring the uh, black woman in Westworld now. She was also Thor's sidekick in the Avengers.
2: No, she, I know who you're talking about. She is very attractive.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: You're in Um, a movie
1: with her? Yeah, so Murder on the 13th Floor. Go to 2B and, uh, and watch that movie. All right, there. yeah, absolutely, um, I will. By the, by the way, the um, this was ranked 37th on, on Stallone, on a, a random guy's list of Stallone movies. Over the top was 37th. Wow. Uh, Meet Me Halfway finished 98th on the Billboard Top 100 that year.
2: Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It was a big song. Absolutely big song. Tessa Thompson would be Jason's co-star in Murder on the 13th Floor. Tessa Thompson. Very attractive. Uh, Okay. Excellent job, guys. All the way around. Really appreciate the work that you've done for special guest Jason Stewart for— Hold
1: on a second. um, I need to uh, to tell our listeners, if if, if there's one message I have to tell the listeners, especially during this time— Don't ever meet—the
2: world won't meet you halfway?
1: No, the especially during the quarantine, you guys are down, down, and uh, and depressed. And when is this going to end? Just think that. Think about this: the world will never meet you halfway. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go out and get it. You need to go outside and get it.
2: This is a jam. Now, are we given short shrift because Hagar's Hagar also had a song in this movie, and it was like the theme of the movie, over the top.
3: Yeah. You remember that one? It's, no. I'm going to
4: make you hurt.
0: Yeah.
2: I like back then how the videos were like themed to go along with the movie. There's like clips from the movie in the actual video.
3: How about the fact that San Diego got famous? for singing a song I can't drive 55 Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well boy
2: you know who'd hate you know who'd probably hate his guts Manuel. Manuel Gardina, he's out there in his plumbing truck doing the speed limit <laughs>
3: Watch the, open eyes. the 80s well, it's
0: time to take it all away
2: Anyway, we're not going to get to the chorus in time. Uh, God. Th- for Jason Stewart, for Ed Daly, my name is Brian Beckner. This has been episode 315 of the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. We will see you next week.
4: Goodbye. See you. LS hell yes, the lifestyle's baller. Podcasts getting bigger and not smaller. Broadcasting weekly, that's what we do. With Easy Ed Daily and the man Jay Stew and Brian Beckner, quick to dissect the week in sports and culture and whatever. Plus, you know there's Kate with a C, but she's known as Fancy Pop to you and me. Talking loud comers, conundrums, my brothers. Reviewing some movies and shows and the others. Top podcast, man, no one is above us. Five star, even the haters love us. And we're not trying to talk politics a lot. We'd much rather talk about dicks a lot, shit so hot, man, you know the shit's on top, top podcast, man, it really hits the spot, listen up, you play some shot callers, TBLS, the lifestyle's baller, and you know the show is so flawless,